0: I used to go to a children's meeting when I was a kid and the speaker came and had nothing with him he was on a loser straight away but he had a bag with a few things in it he got her attention at least until all the things were out of the bag <laughs> so I hope I'll get your attention for at least a few minutes because it brought a few things along with me I want to tell you actually a true story it happened to me quite a few years ago now. I want to read a verse here before we start. In Jeremiah 6.16 Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said we will not walk therein so like many people today they don't walk in the old paths the old village shop back in Ireland had closed it had been vacant and run down for about four or five years and eventually I heard that the bulldozers were moving in that week it had stood as a post office and general store But sadly, it had closed. I went down to have a look at it for the last time. I remember I pushed open the door, creaked on its hinges. Everything was dark and dusty and old. I stood for a while thinking of all that had happened in that shop over the years. A couple of world wars. A few other things. Going back a couple of hundred years probably. But all was silent. But was my mind playing tricks on me? I could... Maybe I didn't, but I thought I smelled that wonderful smell of chicken meal, paraffin oil, leather, mingled with the bacon that hung from the various hooks on the ceiling. All these hand-forged hooks were still there. I went and I knocked a couple of them out. And this actually is one of them that actually came out. It's so sharp still. I cut myself on it yesterday, actually. I was cleaning it up and making it look a bit respectable. You don't get these in a plastic bag in Woolworths. Well, you don't get Woolworths now, either. But you don't (laughs) get them in a plastic bag. These were hand-forged by the blacksmith in the village. And there they are. I looked around. The ancient screen and the counter. The The counter which acted as the post office and everything else now shrouded in silence the old bentwood chair all these shops had bentwood chairs going to a shop nowadays you can't get sitting down they don't want you to sit down they want you to keep on shopping But they were, it was there it looked a bit lopsided no more the centre of news no more the centre of the community gone forever you know in those days the telephone was something very unusual it's wonderful how the the, the postmistress could accidentally overhear (laughs) conversations from the old manual exchange wasn't it nuggets of information and news and she was supposed to be just privy to those but somehow they, they got out around the village didn't they Well, there was a notice. I saw this old notice on the back of the door. Here it is. How to take care of post office cycles. <laughs> there are 23 rules here. Lamps must, be, must receive daily attention as directed in Instructions for Cyclists and Inspecting Officers, RG104. They must be alive at the proper time, that is, during summertime, not later than one hour after sunset until one hour before sunrise. I don't know when they thought these fellows were going to go out on their bicycle But they were, for, they were for these telegraph boys going out, the little hats. Many a time they brought good news, but so often they brought sad news, especially during the war, both wars. And other wars as well. But there they are. All those rules and regulations. I took it and brought it home. It was going to be knocked down the next day or the year afterwards. The day afterwards. Well there we were. You know, these little telegraph boys are a thing of the past. Don't be done on emails now and things. It's it's sad when these things disappear. One of the rules said, to sound the bell when close to anyone may startle the person and cause an accident. There you are. Well, I glanced around, I remember, for the last time, deciding, well, that was it. I got my hook, I got the instructions to cyclists, and then I looked at the counter. This is a true story. I looked at the counter and there was a black bit of metal on the counter. And I looked again. And do you know what it was? It was a yardstick. This was screwed to the counter. The counter was going to be wrecked in a couple of days' time. It was on the, it, It's actually a, a very unusual one. It's, it's someone that was in a post office. And it was used for ordinary measuring as well. But it's something to do with the length of the parcels. It's not done in feet and inches. It's done in one eighth, a quarter, and various things. And it was to do with the size of the parcels that the postmistress had to measure. She used it. Could I hear old Mrs. Chestnut coming in? A woman of very ample proportions. And she was wanting a yard of ribbon for her Easter bonnet. The the Mrs. What's this her name was? My mind has gone. Mrs. Cross. She should have been (laughs) the schoolteacher. Mrs. Cross measured out the thing. A yard, you say. Mrs. Chestnut. She said, yeah, that'll do. And then she always added a little bit. A luck penny. Always good whether, whether you believed in luck or not. So you got that. And then Mrs. Chestnut says, and I need a belt for John. Now, Big John was equally well built. see, I think a 44-inch one will do him. And then as an aside to the people around, huh, he's, there's a lot of them these days. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there she was with this yardstick. I unscrewed it I went got a screwdriver unscrewed it and brought it home you know all that has gone there was a, a poet an Irish poet called Oliver Goldsmith and he wrote a lovely poem if you ever get a chance to read it The Deserted Village I'm sure you'll know bits out of it bits about the village schoolmaster a man severely was and stern to view I knew him well and every and knew and all those little bits, you'll hear them being uh, quoted, but comes from the deserted village. And here's what he said. And he wrote this hundreds of years ago, two or three hundred years ago probably. But times are altered. Trades on feeling train usurp the land and dispossess the swain. Along the lawn where scattered hamlets rose, unwieldy wealth and cumbrous pomp repose. It'll furnish the land to hastening ill a prey where wealth accumulates and men decay. How true. We see it happening in our rural areas even yet. And it will keep on going. You know, I, I took the yardstick home. It was black. And I cleaned it. And you know, it came up quite nicely. I had to clean it again yesterday. but there you are and I looked at it and I think we could learn a lesson from this I had a look at it and you know on each end of it it says yard and then there are two little stamps a crown VR and three seven a crown Victoria, Regina, 37, 1837. Somebody had come and screwed this onto her counter in 1837. I think that was the first year of her reign. And she got up one morning and she said to Albert, I think I'll send somebody to that little village near the Giant's Causeway to see if that yardstick that they're using is correct. The man arrived and he measured this yardstick and he stamped the crown, VR, and 37 at each end of it. So when Mrs. Chestnut says to Mrs. Cross, I don't think that's a yard. She says, look, it has the royal approval. The standard. And that's the standard that she worked by. The same standard as if you go to Trafalgar Square, there's a yard measure in a, on a plinth. It's the same size as this. And that's the yard measure that was used to build the British Empire. the building the shipyards, the ships, the buildings, a yard. How foolish it would be if each person was able to decide the length of a yard. There'd be chaos. There'd be chaos. But you know, in other things, people act that way. We have standards. We all have to have standards. You know, the paper in London, The Evening Standard, that was one of their advertisements. It used to have, and it used to say, everyone needs standards. And how true. And the trouble is, nowadays, standards don't exist. You know, we're told, this is becoming very technical, I don't understand it, but we're told we live in a postmodern age. Now, I don't know what a pre-modern age was we live, we live in a post-modern age and the difficulty is now with this post-modern age and this is the way people are being taught in universities and in schools there are no absolutes we were taught that truth was truth but now people say well it might be true for you but it's not true for me and there has to be a discussion there has to be a compromise as to what truth is jesus said i am the way the truth and the life the bible speaks of truth but now as there are no absolutes and it's very sad because we were taught that the word of god was the inspired word of God but now people don't believe that and because of that we see confusion you know there's a verse in scripture and it says there was no king in Israel and every man did what was right in his own eyes and it didn't work we can't have that we as Christians believe the Bible is the standard why? because it has God's mark on it it has the mark of the the divine it's got the king's approval but people don't believe that anymore and that is a terrible shame no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes the Bible talks a lot about time a lot about time look at verses from Ecclesiastes now you all know this passage you've all heard of it so many times Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes three there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven there's a time for everything a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to uproot a time to kill and a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build the old store in our village it was a time to tear down And somebody was going to build something on top of it. A monstrosity of a house. But there we are. A time to weep. And a time to laugh. A time to mourn. And a time to dance. A time to scatter stones. And a time to gather them. A time to embrace. And a time to refrain. A time to search. And a time to give up. The time to keep. That's that's the trouble nowadays, isn't it? Everybody has to keep time. You're talking to people. Nobody has time for people to talk to them. Time to keep, time to throw away. The time to turn, and the time to mend. Here's a good one the time to be silent. We speak too much. Too much noise, everybody's on these mobile phones, talking all the time. Music coming through. You get the the iPods can take three thousand tunes. Where on earth can anybody listen to them There we are. A time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war. Oh, that's the sad thing. And a time to make peace. The Bible says, Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not put it off till tomorrow. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. We don't know. You see, these times in, in Ecclesiastes. There's a time to live and a time to die. We don't know when we're going to die. Therefore today is so important. Whatever decisions we make today may be the ones that will affect where we spend eternity. The time now is the accepted time. Behold now is the day. The Bible never says tomorrow is the day of salvation. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day will bring forth. The only way we can talk about tomorrow, the Bible says, is you say, if God wills, we'll go somewhere tomorrow. That's the only way. But God might not will it. We cannot bank on doing anything tomorrow. And that's why Jesus said, I am the way the truth we want truth the only person in this world that we can go to is the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the truth he is the way to God now people will tell you there are lots of ways to God it all depends which way you're looking there's one way up a mountain but all the other people are going up other ways that's not what Jesus said Jesus said I am the way No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The word of God is our standard. The Bible talks about when Jesus came. And it says, when the fullness of time was come, God sent his son into the world. Jesus came at a particular time. It wasn't just any old time when he was born in Bethlehem. God had a time arranged. When the fullness of time, when that time arrived, God sent his son into the world. He's the only person that came into the world to die. All of us come into the world and try and live in here as long as we can. We all talk about heaven, but we do our best to stay down here as long as we can. But Jesus, he came to die. That was always in front of him. When he worked in the carpenter's shop, he was working with wood and trees. And the cross was always in front of him. Every bit of wood he picked up must have reminded him. You know, the curse that came in the Garden of Eden came at a particular time. And he'll come again. John 14. To prepare a place for him. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now, he was was talking to the whole world when he said that. He was talking to his disciples, those who follow him. And so there we are, the yardstick. Make sure we have our standards and stick to them. And we have the standard of God's word, and he has put his stamp on it. Make sure we abide by it. Thank you very much.